ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 230th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and events of the week that I attended. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, we'll start with my event of the week, which was covering yesterday's first round at, of March Madness in Providence which was a truly awesome day of watching 12 hours of basketball. I was seated at midcourt, directly behind Len Elmore and Chris Webber, announcing the game on television. And uh, so it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, it, of course, created my highlight of the week, which was witnessing Yale upsetting Baylor. Uh, allowed me to cross that off my bucket list uh, since I've always wanted to see, like most sports fans, a first-round March Madness upset. It was uh, everything I hoped for and more. Uh, was Yale winning its first-ever NCAA tournament game? Uh, the Bulldog fan section, which only had to drive an hour from New Haven up to Providence, was literally seated right behind me going absolutely crazy and then of course uh, when you do an anatomy of an upset and we've all seen it on tv if not in person before you know as the upset starts to become more and more realistic then the arena starts to turn in favor of the underdog uh in this case the ivy leaguers from yale again only an hour away so there's already a predisposition to be siding with yale and it just got uh, you know, more and more dramatic with each passing minute. By the end of the game, the entire arena was absolutely standing for the last few minutes. And uh, the Yale players just went crazy, you know, when they pulled it off. Game, of course, went right down to the wire. And it was just, uh, you know, quickly made my short list of, uh, you know, among the greatest sports events I've ever seen. Again, you know, the, the Ivy League team doing this, uh, Yale's first ever NCAA tournament victory. That's remarkable. And uh, again, to have it practically, you know, in their hometown, certainly their region of New England, and uh, it was just truly, truly magical. Um, you know, something I won't ever forget. And uh, again, there's just such a unique dynamic. I've watched it on TV for years, and, you know, I uh, always thought that would be really, really cool to see one of those. And uh, yesterday morning going out the door, that's exactly what I thought. I thought today's the day. I had four games to choose from, 
And uh, so, you know, I liked my chances. It almost happened in the first game of the day, which was the first game of the entire tournament, which was Duke. Uh, and they played a great game against University of North Carolina, Wilmington. That went down to the wire. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, right there for UNC Wilmington. Keep in mind, a lot of these UNC Wilmington guys are guys that were not offered scholarships to places like Duke and North Carolina. So they bring a lot of uh, motivation. And then back to the Yale game, of course, when uh, CBS began their 12 hours of coverage today, Charles Barkley called the Yale win the most impressive of the day, which featured a couple of other upsets, most notably uh, Little Rock beating Purdue. Uh, and, you know, the usual the usual amount of upsets. So uh, it, it was just a, a great opening day. But my low light of the week was Arizona and Wichita State, which was the final game of the night, began at like 9.30 last night in Providence. Uh, not living up to the expectation I had for it to be just a great game. I thought it was going to be the game of the day. I literally waited all day, you know, thinking it was just going to be the capper to an amazing day. And it just didn't turn out that way. You know, Arizona did not have its A game. And Wichita State is just smothering on defense. And those guys are just so familiar, like Ron Baker. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, and they're a veteran team, and it showed. A veteran NCAA tournament team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they just held a you know double-digit lead basically throughout the game. Uh, that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is watching Arizona coach Sean Miller literally completely sweat through his shirt midway through the first half. Uh, yeah, it's getting a lot of play uh, today, needless to say. And, uh, you know, on all the media outlets. Uh, and luckily for him and for everyone, he changed his shirt at halftime, come out in a nice, crisp, white shirt to start the second half. But uh, the sh- I'm sure you're all seeing the shots uh, today of him just, again, as soaking wet uh a nice collared shirt, as you will ever see. So the whole thing for yesterday was set, you know, the stage was set Wednesday um, with practice and press conferences, uh, also down at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. Uh, and the first person I saw as I walked into the arena was all-time Providence legend, Ernie D. Gregorio, Ernie D. led him to the Final Four, along with Marvin Barnes back in the 70s, an all-time Providence and New England legend, to say the least. So I knew that was a good sign of what was going to be a, a good couple of days. I uh, went to Coach K's, uh, Coach K and Duke's practice, which is really cool, because Coach K, along with the players, signed autographs as they were going out. High energy practice, uh, a lot of Duncan. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we think of Duke as conservative. Uh, not the case. Uh, they're, they're bringing it at these practices. I've seen them before at the Garden uh, in Boston for practice before an NCAA game, and uh, they put on in quite a show, to say the least, including a lot of dunking. Uh, the dynamic yesterday in Providence was just off the charts because you obviously had St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so Providence, you know, just the streets were packed. 
And then you add to that fans from eight programs across the nation, you know, Baylor and Yale and Duke and uh, Arizona, you know, and it just on and on and on. Wichita State made for a great dynamic as, you know, these fans from other cities around the country, basketball fans are, you know, uh, in and around downtown Providence, which is basically celebrating St. Patrick's Day. It was just an awesome day, and the weather was great to boot. So it was terrific. And uh, press conferences were great, um, you know, with uh, obviously Coach K, who's really terrific, just as you hope he would be in these press conferences. And then, uh, you know, we had Miami's Jim Laranega, uh, the one who led we we'll all remember George Mason to the Final Four uh, back a few years ago, but he's a Providence grad, so he's returning home. You know, you have Wichita State's Greg Marshall, and uh, as well as you know uh, Arizona Sean Miller. Uh, these these are the heavyweights. These are the titans of you know, among the titans of college uh, uh, college basketball coaching. So to be able to sit there and listen to them do their press conferences along with many of the players, uh, both Wednesday, pregame, postgame, yesterday, is just really great. And, and But Coach K is, you know, his stature is, you know, he's at the top of the mountain, and I believe that yesterday he became the all-time NCAA tournament win leader with yesterday's victory over UNC Wilmington. So uh, how appropriate is that? So all in all, just a great day, and uh, best of all, I get to do it again tomorrow for two games. Uh, I'm only about 40 minutes north of Providence, so um, Miami, Wichita State, Duke, Yale. Those are the two games tomorrow afternoon down in Providence. I'll be there covering them and just cannot wait. But my other event of the week that I attended was the 10th Annual MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference with 4,000 attendees converging on the uh, Boston Convention Center. It's amazing to me since I covered the first few ever held, which used to be in classrooms uh, on the MIT campus. So to have 4,000 people at the massive Boston Convention Center was amazing. There were high-profile panels there. Uh, it was last Friday and Saturday. As soon as I finished the show last Friday, I headed right in to Boston and then all day Saturday. But these panels, you know, include the likes of Los Angeles Rams owner. Funny saying that again. Uh, uh, so, so after they moved from St. Louis uh, out to L.A., but they're back, L.A. Rams. So their owner, Stan Kroenke. There were speakers like NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. Um, there were other, you know, <clears throat> other great things about the conference, uh, but the dominant topic and technology was by far wearables. You know, and it featured, you know, cutting edge companies uh, presenting and exhibiting. Uh, for instance, uh, conference Shark Tank winner Halo Sports of San Francisco, which uses headphones to, as CEO Dr. Dan Chow told me, train the brain to power athletes in uh, maximizing their workouts. It's already proving its worth with athletes in. Uh, many sports wearing the technology and uh, it was really cool and uh, you know Dr. Chow 
Uh, also, I was on a panel with Andrew Hawkins from the Cleveland Browns, wide receiver, who I had interviewed and wrote a story for uh, for the NFL Player Engagement website. And uh, Dr. Chow was great on that panel as well and also had uh, the opportunity to have a very nice conversation with him. And, uh, and again, you know, the technology is really... Uh, fascinating and uh, you know a lot of brain stuff connected with it but it is uh, you know just is a good example of how uh, you know the whole technology wearables aspect uh, of all of this the things you can put on your body uh, athletes uh, you know to both maximize their performance and monitor their performance Again, it's all the rage, to say the least, and uh, we shall see. Uh, it really bears watching again. It, it was just, uh, you know, far and away uh, my take-home message. And uh, so, yeah, just a great conference. Again, uh, representatives there from every level of sports, you know, sports analytics, technology, major executives of leagues, teams, just on and on and on. And, uh, you know, high-energy atmosphere, hard to believe it's 10 years old. Um, but it was great. Other interesting companies there were, you know, Zebra uh, Sports Solutions. Uh, they use like a quarter-sized uh, RFID tag, put in uniforms, uh, and then RFID receivers throughout the stadium. Uh, so sports organizations can gain greater visibility into the action happening on the field. Uh, you know, they work with the NFL. Uh, another company there was Nerve. Uh, they're a video search company that can uh, analyze hours of video footage in a matter of seconds to track and analyze brand exposure and its impact across uh, various sports and entertainment programming. So that's just a little flavor of, you know, the types of... Uh, Companies that were there, they were, again, exhibiting, presenting, and just really uh, just a well-done conference. So, I have had a very exciting week. Again, last weekend at the MIT uh, Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, and then yesterday at, uh, yesterday at <laughs> Providence, and I'll be there again tomorrow. So, with that said, uh, let's take our break. And we'll talk a little more sports after this break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm doing great. I'm on the eastern shore here of Alabama, on the other side of the bay from Mobile. Good for you. Um, well, it sounds pretty nice. Uh, good weather, I trust. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good weather, John. A little bit overcast, but uh, it's fine. Well, that's good. Well, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but not that it matters for you, but we're going to have spring here in New England. Yeah, I knew we wouldn't get away with that uh, without something, but we're getting a big snowstorm apparently uh, on spring, opening day, this Sunday afternoon, evening, and uh, yeah, they're even talking 6 to 12 inches if you can believe that so welcome to spring in New England after what is the mildest winter in the history of New England it's official uh, but spring's going to start with a snowstorm incredible that's, yeah that, that is incredible snowstorm to start the spring <laughs> it is right spring first day of spring anyway uh, luckily it's not it didn't happen yet it won't happen till Sunday because Tomorrow, I'm going to have the pleasure of uh, repeating yesterday's amazing day uh, at the NCAA first round at Providence, where I got to see uh, something I've wanted to see my entire life. You as a super sports fan like myself and media member uh, can appreciate it. I finally got to see my first ever, you know. NCA first round upset, which and it couldn't have been better. Yale beating Baylor an hour from campus, and uh, it was just incredible. It was everything I always 
hoped it would be from watching so many on TV over the years. Uh, but being there in person was just nuts. I was right in front of the Yale section, fan section, <laughs> going crazy. But the coolest thing of all, and you've seen it, we've all seen it, by the end of the game, as it becomes real, more and more realistic with each passing second that the upset could happen, the entire arena, of course, you know, goes, f- you know, full on to support the upset team and the underdog. And uh, that's exactly what happened. The entire place was standing. It was as awesome, uh, you know, five or so minutes as I've ever experienced, really, in sports. And then, you know, the fa- you know the players going crazy when they won. It, it was really special. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you were there, John, because that Yale team, I've seen them play a couple of times through the years, and Coach Jones, he, he's very good, and he came oh so close. Uh, I think I was at a one of their like, playoff-type games one time, and they, they lost. They were one game away from making that tournament that bench in 62. So I was really happy, and they won the Ivy League. And, and they were scheduled to play close to home so the fans could be there and, and relish in the victory. And and they, they played around the country. They played top teams. I mean, I think they've been to Stanford through the years and Duke and, and places like that. So they were accustomed to playing top-level talent. Oh, yeah. And they've, you know, Harvard's had a nice run under Tommy Amaker for the last few years. So obviously, obviously, Harvard-Yale have played games and Harvard won a game in the tournament a couple of years ago. And... So, you know, just going against Harvard, they've been uh, playing consistently with uh, NCAA-level team right there. They're ultra, ultra, uber arch-rival, (laughs) maybe in the history of American (laughs) sports, literally. Um, So that was great. And, you know, our friend Scotty from the Ivy League was there, and it was just wonderful to see him immediately after the post-game. I was, you know... You and I have talked to him, and he, of course, you know, does uh, works for the Ivy League, based in New Jersey, and he was just so happy, uh, you know. And I mean, and he's gonna be happier tomorrow when he's, you know, when they're playing Duke. <laughs> I mean, Yale versus Duke, that that just has a certain ring to it. That you know, number one, it's not something we hear every day. And no, it just, no. and you know, yeah. Yale. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, no, go ahead, John. Uh, Yale Nation will really be out in force tomorrow. Uh, It's a Saturday. It's an hour drive from New Haven, coming off this amazing victory over Baylor. Uh, I I think it's going to be a really special event, not to mention that it's going to be preceded by, you know, Miami and Wichita State. Uh, Not a bad prelim, as it were. No, those are two good games. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch that Yale Duke game because yeah, did they play this year? Did, it, did I hear that correctly, or or did they play recently? They played recently, right? That's a great question. I don't know that answer. Uh, I just don't know. But it, it, it feels like two teams that should play every year. You know, yeah. I mean, they're both fine. They're they're both known for their academics, obviously, and uh, fine academic institutions and. Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be really uh, intriguing. Uh, what I, w- you know, on the surface it might sound like, well, you know, beating Baylor is one thing, beating Duke is another. But what I watched 
with that Yale team yesterday was remarkable. And, you know, no less than Charles Barkley, this, today at noon when the CBS started their coverage, said that was the most exciting thing of the day yesterday for him, watching the Yale victory. And it's, he's right, the way they were stepping up to the line. Yale, or Baylor was, you know, putting intense pressure on them. I mean, this was not handed to Yale in any way. They had to earn it and it went right down to the end. Yeah, no, Baylor's a good basketball team. and like I Very said, good. Uh, they, they, the Yale has good shooters, and that fellow had a career day. I mean, he set a record for Yale, a scoring point. They had, what, 31, end up with 31? Exactly. At the school for over a half a century. And uh, so they have good shooters and some good rebounders. And they'll challenge, too. They won't be afraid. They won't back down. They'll be so excited. I mean, there'll be more Yale fans, I'm sure, John. Like you said, it's Saturday. I mean, those folks from New York City will be coming over there from Yale and Boston and the surrounding areas. So they should have a big crowd. And they'll probably buy up all the tickets, I would think. <coughs> exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, I mean, now there's, you know, there was eight there yesterday, four games, eight teams. Now all of a sudden there's two games, four teams. That means there's a lot more tickets. The ticket dynamic on the street yesterday was absolutely remarkable, you know. And I had been to a first round back in about 10 years ago, the year I saw Carmelo Anthony as a freshman, the team that would become the eventual national champion in uh, Syracuse, play their first round here. And, uh, it's a fascinating dynamic with, you know, teams lose, then fans leave the state, the arena, then they're selling tickets and, you know, giving away and just these interactions on the street. You sprinkle in that it was St. Patrick's Day in downtown Providence. It was in a beautiful weather day, 65 <laughs> degrees and sunny. It was a fascinating dynamic all day long on the streets of Providence in every way imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, got, I, could, I could imagine that people were celebrating and they, they exactly. the game. And it, and it was early. It was kind of early in the day, so they had a lot of chance to party and well, that's really it. celebrate. So it, it must have been great, John, I'm sure. And Pro- Providence is fun. I always enjoyed my time there. Providence is a great city. You know, the winners are celebrating. The losers, you know, are, you know, often getting rid of their tickets, but, you know. They're, uh, they're having fun, too. I mean, you, you know, put it this way. People from Arizona last night, you know, traveled a long way to get here, as did Baylor and a lot of others. And, you know, uh, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're going to enjoy the city where they're at also. But, you know, back to the Yale game. I got to tell you, the most fascinating thing to me, though, AP, uh, I was so impressed with how relaxed the Yale players were in the final five minutes of that game. And by that, I mean, you know, I was fortunate enough to be right at courtside and, you know, they were having literally like relaxed conversations, grinning, you know, a little laughter, you know, just (laughs) you would have thought it was the YMCA on a Saturday morning. And with about four minutes left as Baylor's really starting to bring the pressure uh, and, you know, the entire arena is asking, will they or won't they, you know, can, can they withstand this? Uh, the Yale players looked as relaxed as any basketball team I've ever seen. I was completely blown away, and I said, they're going to win this game. That's what I said. So, And I was right. It was obvious. John, their coach is a very cool customer, and I think his team reflects his demeanor. 
and they've been in many close games through the years, and so they've operated under intense moments. So that's the, the credit to the coach, and that's the type of temperament you need in this NCAA tournament because you're playing against very good teams, and the game is going to get down to those last two, three minutes, and you have to make your free throws. You've got to make an open jump shot. You have to make a, a, a tight pass. So that, that's uh, symptomatic of what Yale has been going through these last couple of years trying to get to this tournament. Well, that's it, AP. You know, perfectly described. I mean, they had to make plays at the end to win it. They they weren't just going to like you know, run out the clock and you know just sort of uh, you know coast to victory in any way. It was just uh, you know they had to earn it and, like you said, make their foul shots and just uh, make plays. So it was really, really uh, special to say the least. And uh, you know, lots more to get to. Yeah, it wasn't the only upset of the day. Needless to say, and uh, we'll get to some of the other uh, upsets from yesterday's first day of March Madness. Luckily, we have another 12 hours today that's already underway, uh, but we'll get to yesterday after this break. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked, uh, you know, a lot about the Yale epic upset of Baylor yesterday, but there was a couple of others. I've talked, <laughs> I talked about being in Providence yesterday for the first round, and... Uh, lest I forget, 
the college, Providence College, uh, pulled off an amazing victory late last night. Uh, it was a seismic event in Providence, uh, rich tradition, but they beat USC on a last-second inbounds pass, down one to win by one. Uh, it was just an amazing moment, like I said, uh, you, you know. Uh, the whole city of Providence is totally tuned into them as well as having the tournament in their town, not, you know, not Providence College, who's playing in Raleigh. But tomorrow, in addition to the, to the tournament, is also tomorrow night's going to be Providence facing North Carolina coming off that huge win against USC. So uh, it's all good in Rhode Island these days, AP. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the Providence people, they were really excited. Uh, Chris Dunn, a Connecticut product from New London, one of the outstanding guards in the country. He had a, a couple of big moments for the Flyers. Yeah, a bunch of threes. I, but I thought, he, yeah, the three way out there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. I, I, I thought USC, I thought they were going to win that game there, but they had that inbound play. Coach, The coach made the call. And he slipped between the defenders on the block, wide open. As soon as I saw him break, I said, that game is over. Correct. And he just laid it up, laid it up, and you know, it, was, it was well executed. And it was a good pass. Good off, you know, I'm glad he went off the glass instead of trying to dunk it or lay it in, just off the glass. And there was nothing USC could do at that point, 1.4 seconds, and he, he heaved it from about 70 feet or whatever it was. And, but US, USC had a great year themselves. I mean, to get back into the tournament, uh, in the infield, the coach from Florida Gulf Coast moved out there and trying to build the program. So it, it was a step in the right direction uh, for them, but it was a heartbreaking loss. Indeed it was. Uh, you know, but Providence College, uh, you know, sitting in the Dunkin' Donuts Center covering the tournament uh, and just seeing the banners. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, when I walked into practice on Wednesday, my first moments inside the Dunkin' Donuts Center as teams were practicing, who do I see sitting there but Ernie Gregorio, probably, for my money, the all-time legend from Providence. But, you know, I'm just sitting there looking at the banners yesterday. You know, in addition to Ernie D, there's Marvin Barnes. Of course, the two of them went to the Final Four in the 70s. And there's, you know, Kevin Stakem, Joey Hassett, uh, Lenny Wilkins, Someone I got to see when I was a kid and six blocks away from my house. I'll never forget it. They played my college, St. Francis, uh, when I was literally a little kid. And I got to see Jimmy Walker in person play for Providence. Yeah, Jimmy Walker. You know, you forget about all these guys. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Egan. Johnny Egan jo- as well. Johnny Egan, exactly. And then, you know, and, and then not to mention the coaches, you know. There's Dave Gavitt. Uh, truly, truly, you know, a legend. Um, and, you know, uh, believe me, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts Center sits on Dave Gavitt Boulevard. <laughs> and Joe, you know, Joe Mullaney. Um, you know. Rick Pitino. Rick, Rick Pitino, exactly, who, you know, compared with those guys, was just sort of passing through. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Jim Laranega, I didn't realize it when I sat in his press conference. He was a Providence grad. I, I, I maybe knew it, but I just forgot it. But he could have easily been the coach coming out of George Mason. He met with the Friars uh, about, a, about their coaching job. But uh, he just said, Laranega said, this was just on Wednesday. 
It just wasn't the right yeah. time for him. But it, but his dream had always been to coach Providence. So to say it's dripping with basketball tradition uh, is really an understatement. I mean, it, it's in the DNA there. Yeah, they had some outstanding teams, great coaches, fantastic players. I mean, they've, they've went deep into the tournament. Uh, I'll never forget Ernie DiGiorgio playing and Never. Um, you know, they were up on Memphis by a big score, and Marvin Barnes went down. i never forget uh, Ernie D was on the right side, just on the other side of the half-court line, made a behind-the-back pass all the way to Kevin Statham down in the block for a layup. I, I think that's still an incredible pass I've ever seen. And, yes, that's a great memory. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, with all the stuff Curry, Curry talked this year, which you and I have contributed greatly, you know, I've often said Pete Maravich, you know, is who, you know, and other amazing player, Rick Mount back in the day for, you know, for shooters. But, you know, Ernie D belongs in that conversation with, you know, the people you compare Steph, Steph Curry to because he was that dynamic. He, he, again, he is an all time New England sports legend. He really is yeah, top 10 for what he did. In leading Providence to that Final Four, and just his wizardry, wizardry on the court is, you know, was unique, and we haven't seen exactly that before or since. Yeah, his skill level was the highest, considering his physical ability. I mean, if you saw him, you might think he was an usher at the game, John. That's uh, it. He, he yeah. just didn't look like he was a basketball player. But he was a magician and a wizard, just as he stated. When he was playing, I didn't want to miss a game. I mean, we could barely get the games on the television. But I would be antenna just to watch him throw a pass. Uh, you know, whether it was cause Marvin Barnes or Kevin Statham or, or any of the other players, he, he was tremendous. Uh, there was nobody like him. You know, people had seen Bob Cruz, I guess, play at Holy Cross. He, he was I really fancy with the basketball as well, but only D, I think Bob Cousin, that, that it. Yeah, and that was the comparison back in the day. Now, keep in mind, you know, the beauty of those teams, too, were, you know, they were liked nationwide, beloved. The entire nation tuned in to watch Ernie DeGregorio, not to mention Marvin Barnes. They really did because, you know, I was living in in Pennsylvania at the time. It's not like I had any tie at the time to New England or certainly not Providence, but yet... Uh, you know, I and every other basketball fan in America couldn't wait to watch that team play. You know, small Catholic school coming out of, you know, a mid-sized city, you know, storming their way to the Final Four. It, it was just incredible stuff. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was awesome. And then they did it again in 1987. They went back to the Final Four. So, again, quite the pedigree. And, yes, you know, being in that arena just as... Uh, all around you, and it's really cool. And then you throw on top of that that, you know, Providence is, you know, won that game last night. They're playing North Carolina tomorrow, the Tar Heels. It's going to be a special day yet again in Providence with, again, the games themselves as well as Providence playing down in Raleigh against uh, the Tar Heels. Yeah, I'm not sure what they can do, John, against North Carolina, but, you know, I'm sure they're going to give their all. And, and all it takes is for North Carolina to be off their game a little bit and Providence to shoot well. And, and 
Yeah, you have to play defense, John. You've got to defend at some, some point, and, and you have to stay on the boards. And, and you have to make shots. And when the game gets close, free throw line is very important. I mean, all through the game, every free throw counts, but especially at the end. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, as someone who really is fascinated by the anatomy of an upset, which I finally got to, you know, witness in person yesterday. Uh, you know, Providence has the key ingredient, in my mind, to an upset, and that is simply, you know, a star. And they have a star in Chris Dunn, who, you know, is potentially capable of taking over a game like tomorrow. And that, to me, is often the key ingredient, along with all the other things you mentioned, like foul shooting, making plays at the end, what have you, the little things. But, you know, when you have a, you know, potentially transcendent college basketball player, which a lot of people think Chris Dunn is and can be, uh, tomorrow's the day where he could show America what he's all about. And, you know, he's shown some pretty special stuff here at Providence. So... Uh, I look forward to that. I think that's going to be awesome. It's the late game tomorrow, 9.40 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was that late, John. But, yeah, you need a shot maker, John. You need someone who can erase all your deficiencies, all your errors, all your uh, coaching miscues, player miscues, <coughs> and whatever else you can think of. You need somebody who can make shots. And they, they certainly have one, Chris Dunn. And that'll be his biggest challenge probably in his career to go down to North Carolina and face the mighty Tar Heels. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, Chris Dunn may be the best player on the floor tomorrow. He certainly has the opportunity to be the best player on the floor tomorrow. So uh, we're going to see what he's all about. And I think it's just going to be spectacular. Let's not forget, he had the last night against USC. He had the most threes of his career, including three in the second half. So that, to me, sounds like a, a player ready to break out on the national stage tomorrow. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, he's, all the scouts will be there and, and, and televised audience across the country. So I look for a big game from Chris Dunn. I mean, he, he has to have a big game. I don't think they can survive uh, North Carolina. You're exactly right. Well. He has to have a big game for them to win, period. Uh, that's for sure. Well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of another segment. Still a lot more to get to. These upsets like Little Rock uh, beating Purdue uh, still need a little discussion. So why don't we take another our last break and uh, we'll get to a little more college basketball talk on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is obviously more March Madness today, tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. <laughs> and keep on going from there. That's just the, that's just the first weekend. Um, but A.P., uh, it was interesting the way they did it in Providence yesterday where they had two afternoon games, then a break, emptied out the arena, and then the two night games. So after the pulsating Yale victory, I had to get out for a nice walk through the streets of Providence. And as I was doing so, uh, as I said, the streets were packed, the restaurants, the bars, all of it. And I was there in one of those when the Little Rock upset Purdue, but more specifically when that Little Rock player with like, at the buzzer, hit that three-pointer to send the game into overtime. I swear you could have heard the the cheer, even in Providence, or the gasp, or whatever you want to call it. Just the, the a cheer for the fact that there was, quote, a buzzer beater. That's what people were looking for. That's what we watch for. And it went nuts. It was seismic, AP, to see, you know, to be in downtown Providence, Rhode Island, and see this reaction between Little Rock and Purdue for me, it was a, a true March Madness moment and what the tournament is all about. The place I was in exploded, as did all the other places around it, the people on the street watching from the sidewalk into the restaurant so they could see the TVs. You know, everybody just stopped because, you know, Little Rock got the ball with like five seconds to go, down three. You knew it was coming. It was just a great play where that kid dribbled, and I'm like thinking, when is he going to pass the ball? Why is he dribbling? Know. And then he, like, backs away from the three-point line and then hits a step-back three-pointer. It was a remarkable moment. John, the Purdue folks must have felt very good. They they had him right. backed up to Newport, but he, he still can do. Exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right, AP. It was like, you know... I was sitting there just thinking, like, uh, you know, they're, they're going to blow it. What is he doing? You know, he, he didn't pass it. He, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he was taking that jumper. And, uh, yeah, that was just really uh, special stuff. Uh, keep in mind, it was, uh, you know, like Yale, 
beating Baylor. It was a 12 seed beating a 5 seed. Same deal. Little Rock was a 12 seed beating a 5 seed. So not good to be a 5 seed, it looks like. <laughs> but, you know, that, that was just a great, great moment. And it was because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, again, it's the essence of the tournament. It's that low seed with a buzzer beater. That's the key. As great as the Yale game was, and it was spectacular, and is, you know, but it wasn't uh, a buzzer beater. And as great as the Providence game was, you know, it wasn't, you know, the low seed, so to speak. Uh, it was a nine versus an eight seed uh, beating USC. So, you know, you have to have those, like, combination of ingredients to make it truly special and that's exactly what little rock was again the streets of providence erupted when little rock hit that shot need i say more <laughs> yeah you would have thought they were in little rock probably with all the <laughs> people cheering for that shot exactly uh, john you know, you know john there's something interesting I, I was at the sec tournament last week and i heard rick barn saying something about um a lot of times the coach will approach a team and say you have nothing to lose but he, he said something quite uh, revealing. He said, you do have something to lose. You're playing for pride. You're playing for your school, for your team, for your family. So a team like a Little Rocket, they go into this uh, game, have a chip on their shoulder, and they've got a low speed, and maybe nobody thinks they can perform. perform and they're playing for a lot. They're playing for, for pride and respect and, and playing for their hometown and their state. Correct. And... Uh, lest we ever underestimate the importance of this kind of stuff, all you need to do, and it just got revisited this week, thank goodness, was Florida Gulf Coast a few years ago. I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Fort Myers, Florida in my life. I didn't even know they existed until Dunk City came along. And when they, you know, got into the play-in game, which they won the other night this year, you know, two, three years removed, and, oh, by the way, you know, Andy Enfield, the coach, was the coach of USC who lost to Providence last night. That He got that job out of it. Twenty. They were showing some stats during the play-in game, 23% enrollment increase uh, or, uh, you know, yeah, 23% enrollment increase. Applications increased dramatically. Alumni donor increases off the charts from Florida Gulf Coast alumni suddenly, you know, after Dunk City in, I think, 2013. See, again, you know, to say they've put this school on the map, so much so that just because of that performance a few years back, you know, people were thinking they might beat North Carolina last night. I mean, that's how much weight that carries three years later. Yeah, but an athletic director they ever have a conversation, they realize that athletics can be a jump start for their enrollment and their visibility across the country if it's used properly. So the smart presidents are working in conjunction with the athletic department. Oh, exactly. And, you know, I myself was part of, you know, witnessing one of the, you know, all-time uh, situations. It wasn't even like one team as much as just one athlete. You know, Doug Flutie comes to Boston College. Uh, I think applications increased by 3,000% in the next year or two. The rest is history. Boston College has never been the same. It's now one of the toughest schools in America to get into. And everybody I know from Boston 
grew up here, went there back early in the day before Doug Flutie, I'll say, you know, they still can't believe it to this day because BC was not that prestigious, shall we say, until Doug Flutie. So one, even one person can turn it all around. Yeah, you're exactly right. If, if they get the right moment, they, it's replayed now in this day and age, John, on, on television. Uh, you can use that as a recruiting tool for not only the athletes, but the, uh, the students that you're trying to attract to your university and college. Correct. I mean, you know, there's a reason Bruce Springsteen kid go to, goes to Boston College. <laughs> and I think, I think you could probably trace it back. As long as, as well as Boomer Esiason's and on and on and on, uh, I think you could trace it back to the Doug Flutie era. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's great to see. And you know, it could happen again today. You know, I, I mean, Yale winning. I mean, that's going to carry. That's going to have a big effect. It just is. It's exactly what we're talking about. Not that they need it. As yeah, I think everybody knows the name Yale. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, now they're going to be viewed in a different way, uh, you know, now that they pulled off that upset yesterday. And can you imagine if they win tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. That would be the all-timer against Duke. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, yeah, that's the big big dog, big dog. The other <laughs> academic, you know, schools across the country that, that the Yale it, it competes for students, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, again... It could happen again today. It, it will happen again today. Not could. There will be upsets and buzzer beaters today. There always are. So, you know, uh, here we are. We're only two hours into what is going to be another 12, 13-hour day. So uh, first game of the day hasn't even ended. Uh, Syracuse and Dayton, Sean Miller's brother, by the way, Sean Miller from Arizona. His brother, Archie, is the coach of Dayton. So uh, fun to watch two brothers. Who both, by the way, hail from Pittsburgh, uh, where I'm from, uh, here in the last uh, last what 18 hours, <laughs> one in person, one on TV, and uh, so AP, thank you as always for calling in. Uh, great perspective. It's a great time of year. Nothing like it. It's it, truly one of the two or three best weekends of the year. Is this very weekend we're we're in right now, and uh, enjoy it. Well, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure, and I know the, the fans really appreciate college basketball this time of year. No doubt about it. Uh, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.